The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, hi everyone. We have another guest here today, and I'm super excited to introduce Dr. Amanda Wilson. Hi. Could you just hi. tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now? Yes, thanks so much for having me on, Haley. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, and I'm really glad to get to know your um, listeners. So sure, um, my name is Amanda. I'm an orthodontist. Um, I feel like I'm still in dental school. I had to think and like do the math and I realized I've been out, believe it or not, for 22 years. <laughs> so that's insane. Um, it goes by in a blink. So please enjoy every moment of it. Um, I went to UCSF. Well, I'm originally from, we'll go back to the beginning. I'm originally from the Bay Area, California. Um, went to UCSF dental school, which is kind of our hometown school in San Francisco met my um, husband there. He was my anatomy lab partner. And I'm sure there's plenty of you who will end up marrying your classmates, believe it or not. We never thought that was going to happen, but it did. Um, and we both had last names of W. So it was pretty cool. We got to sit next to each other all those years, drove each other crazy, and we're still driving each other crazy. Um, so shout out to UCSF. And then um, I went on to be an orthodontist at um, University of Connecticut, did my three-year training there, master's in certificate. Um, shortly thereafter. Um, my husband and I got married. We ended up moving back to California for a little while. And then we moved to Hawaii. And that's where we are right now. Awesome. So are you currently practicing orthodontics in Hawaii? Or what we'll get into later is your business that you're running as well? Yeah. So this is what I'm going to try to get at. And I really I want you guys to realize that you have an orthodontist who loves to get to know people is happy to talk to you, even if you don't even have like a clinical question. So I'm going to be super honest about things that happened in my life in my education, because that's kind of who I am. And it's part of, you know, what I'm out there to offer you guys, because I think we didn't get a lot of advice in res you know, in residency or in dental school. And we, both of us, my husband and I, and a lot of my friends, we made a lot of mistakes and that's okay to make mistakes. But I think the best part about making a mistake is to be candid, you know, with other people so that they don't make the same mistakes. So I think that one thing, um, and this might end up being a really long podcast, but I think it'll end up resonating with a lot of your, of your listeners. So as you're picking a specialist or specialist, a specialty, or you decided you want to stay in general, you need to think about how you want your life to be in 10, 20, 30 years. And that's a really great discussion to have with your partner. Um, one of the things that was really cool about, you know, my husband, then, you know, classmate is he was always very supportive of me working. He was always very supportive of co-parenting and not talking about being divorced, but, you know, in terms of both of us helping out with kids, it seemed like our family values aligned. I really had no concerns. He was very supportive of me going to go into residency at ortho and for him to start his practice in Hawaii. 
Um, what we really didn't discuss was, or we really hadn't thought about it, was what it was going to be like to have a family and have two people in clinical dentistry. And once that actually happened, um, you know, it just never worked out for us. Not, not in terms of us being together, and this sounds awkward, but just in terms of just the flow of things. And sometimes, you know, maybe if you have like family members who can watch the kids and they're happy about it, then maybe it does work out. But for us, it didn't. It was always like, and, and I think you have less of this issue in dental school that you do when you get out, you know, when you have crazy amount of student loans and, um, you know, you have to pay your bills and you have to, um, you know, it's, it's, it's student loans. Student loans are hard. <laughs> They're really, really hard, especially when you have two sets of them. It's stressful. So whenever one kid was sick and we had, you know, two kids under age three at one point, um, it was like, okay, who has the lowest production on their books? Who's closing their schedule today? And when you close a schedule, you still have to pay for staff and everything like that. And kids get sick a lot and you can't send them to daycare or preschool when they're sick, you know, and nobody wants to watch them. So it ended up like, it seemed like one of us was always having to take the day off. It just wasn't working. So anyways, long story short, to answer your question, um, I ended up after 10 years in practice full-time, I ended up stepping back and deciding I wanted to do something non-clinical for a few years was my idea. Um, but it, <laughs> it, I never quite went back. I ended up loving doing non-clinical. So that is my story. So no, I do not practice in Hawaii. I have my own business and I'll describe that more later and how it'll benefit your listeners. Awesome. That's interesting to hear more of your background. And mm -hmm. you kind of hinted at the fact that you knew in dental school and going into everything that you wanted to do orthodontics. Is that something mm -hmm. you knew growing up or when you started undergrad or when you started dental school? When did that realization come to you? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I had braces. I mean, got to realize back in the 80s and stuff, or early 90s, there really was no Invisalign. Invisalign didn't come out till 97, 98. So it didn't exist. Um, so everyone had braces, of course. And back then, when I was even considering what I was going to do, there all, I mean, almost no general dentists were doing ortho. Like it was unheard of. Everyone referred out. It was just so difficult because of the braces and the wire bending and everything like that. So it was the most lucrative specialty. It was the most elite specialty. So I came into dental school saying, I'm going to be an orthodontist. That's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it. And people would laugh at me. They were like, oh, you, you can't be that confident. I'm like, sure I can. So yeah. I mean, I, I hated everything. <laughs> general dentistry. I hated endo. I hated perio. I did it, but you know, enough to pass, but I was like, it's either ortho or, or bust for me. And kind of on that topic, I definitely feel like I have classmates in that same situation, mm -hmm. but they're very stressed because orthodontics is still a competitive residency to get into. Do you have any advice for those students? Well, I think you guys have more options now. And this is why I really wanted to bring, I'm so glad you had me on your podcast because, you know, back when I was doing it, I had no choice. It was either ortho or bust because GPs didn't do ortho. It was unheard of. You just would never get the skills. But now, I mean, ortho has become so much easier. <laughs> It's so easy. I mean, there's hard cases, don't get me wrong, but the beauty of what you guys can do as a GP or a super GP doing ortho or any type of specialty is that you can refer the hard ones out and you can keep the ones you want in and the ones where you like the patients in. When you are a specialist, you got to take them all, even if you're going to lose money on it, even if you don't like the patient, even if it's like a miserable case that you don't want to do, you know? So, I mean, why? I mean, I guess... If, if you're, if that's the only thing you like, and it's the only thing you can see yourself doing, I know so many GPs that only do ortho now. And I work with them all the time. I see them, I meet them at conferences, you know, and they're always they're taking a lot of you know, advanced classes and they're just, you know, it, but the cool thing is 
that about GPs is that you're basically feeding the practice. Ortho has changed so much in the last decade, like I alluded to. When I first graduated, there really was no Invisalign or it just launched. It was a terrible product. It was like less than 1% of cases. No one was really doing it. It was a joke. We laughed at it. Um, as a matter of fact, when I went to residency, my residency director told us if we even took the certification class, he'd kick us out of residency. That's how bad it was. It was bad. Um, totally different product now. Everything get, can get better or can get worse, right? So um, basically, you know, we always had referrals. It was not a problem. They would just come in by the bucket loads, you know? I mean, every GP was going to see, just make friends and send them gift baskets and take them out to eat and you got referrals. There wasn't such a thing as marketing. Maybe you'd send a mailer, but it's changed drastically in the last 20 years. Now uh, you go on Instagram and I'm friends with lots of dentists and, and student dentists on Instagram and, and, Every dentist is doing ortho. If not Invisalign, they're doing braces, they're doing phase one, um, they're doing clear correct, you know, everyone's doing it. It just helps them. The, the patients are there. And a lot of times they don't want to refer out to a, a office, especially adults, but even the teenagers, it's just more convenient, you know, to stay in house if you know what you're doing. Um, in fact, they often fight you when you want to refer them out. So now orthodontists have to crazy market a huge percentage of their budget is going towards marching, marketing and the the funny thing is that the price, I mean, I'll be super candid with you. Um, when I graduated from residency in 2004, my first job paid me, and now I think this is just a ridiculous price. It's so high. It would never happen now. But I got paid base $1,800 a day, base, plus $200 per start. Plus they covered all my expenses, no lab fees, anything like that. So every day I was coming home with someone's up to $3,000 a day. It was insane how much money you could make. In ortho, especially if you weren't like in a major city, if you're willing to travel or go outside the major cities and stuff, it, it was some major cash, you know, and that kind of disappeared as it became more saturated and more GPs started doing ortho, it definitely went down significantly. So it was very profitable back then. That's interesting. And even at my school, we have an elective that I'm in right now for all of us dental students that are interested where we can mm -hmm. go through more ortho training and do an Invisalign great. case in fourth year. So I wow. feel like it's taught by our orthodontics residency directors, faculty, those That's good. dentists, and they're obviously encouraging us learning it. Cause it's interesting. You would think that the orth orthodontic specialists would kind of be pushing back and not wanting GPs doing as much. Cause like you're saying, it's making perhaps their client. Oh, there's plenty that don't smaller. want you to do it. But there's a few of us that are like, you know what? I mean, uh, people may have heard this on other podcasts I've said, but I think it was maybe 2008. It was during the first recession, not this one that we're in for now or getting out of, but you know, the housing crisis of 2008, 2009. And um, no one had money. It was rough. I think it was worse than what we've gone through now. Um, and some dude put like a billboard right near my office that said Invisalign 29.95, and I was charging 7,500 to 8,000. And I, I, I didn't get any more patients. You know, it was, it was insane. My braces patients were going over there. I started like losing hemorrhaging patients, you know, I, I, before no one ever shopped around and then everyone started shopping around. So I said, you know what, I got to go talk to this guy, you know, and see what's up. I was like, oh, maybe he does bad work or, you know, maybe they're all going to come back to me, but his work was okay. You know, and that's primarily what he did. His, he told me, look, I'm not looking to make a profit off my Invisalign, which to me was like, what? He's like, I'm trying to do my Invisalign so I can do better cosmetic work, better implants. That's where I'm making the profit. And that blew me away. So once I heard that, you know, I was like, okay, got it. You know, that's fair. Um, I talked to my husband who was a GP and I said, 
we got to do things differently. This is, this is not going to work. You know, um, it's never going to be profitable. So he said, great, you know, I'll start, uh, teach me. I want to start doing it, you know? So we started teaching him and coming up with programs to do that. And then from there, it turned into teaching his friends and then um, turned into a company. Yeah. At what point did you form your formal company and start putting everything together for people? Um, it launched officially. I mean, I was, I didn't really have a name or a brand. I was just helping people, you know, but, you know, an actual system um, I started put together in 2016. So I'm going on my seventh year now, um, full-time doing this. Before I was just um, consulting with different orthodontic companies, labs, things like that um, for a couple of years before that. But um, I think I told you that the goal was to give me more flexibility so that I could raise my own kids and not have two full-time nannies, um, which cut back on a lot of overhead, which was great. Cause I just, because we live in Hawaii, the nice thing is that it's like when, I guess when the East coast starts to work, you know, and the central starts to work, it's still like 3am, 4am our time. So I'd get up at two, three, 4am, which isn't nuts when you have kids. Cause they go to bed at seven. Um, and I'd work till about noon. Um, my husband would drop them off at school or, or preschool and I'd pick them up after lunch and I'd have the whole afternoon. We go to the beach, we go to the pool. Um, and I'd raise my own kids and it worked, it worked out. And how old are your kids now? Oh, they're, dude, they're, they're old now. <laughs> One's driving. <laughs> Teenagers. That's exciting. Well, um, well it, it gets more interesting. I mean, just in case, you know, it's always get, good to get to know people on podcasts. But yeah, my son is, um, he's a swimmer now. He's trying to make the 2024 Olympics, at least Olympic trials. He probably won't make it that young for US Team USA, maybe 28. But um, he's going through Division One recruiting for swimming. And this would have never happened. We're traveling all the time. This would never happen had I had a full-time practice. So I really, he thanks me all the time. He says, thank you so much, you know, for what you did for our family, you know? So I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty, but for us, it was the right decision. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something I'm going to be exploring in the next couple months. I'm in my third year. So probably, hopefully starting fourth year, I'd like to kind of know what I'm doing for work to then figure out long-term goals. Cause as you said, I don't think clinical full-time forever makes sense for most people, unless you just, that's what you love and that works. But for most people, yeah, and to have it, other the thing about ortho, yeah, is that you're booked out like six months. It's not the same with GPs. So I don't want to freak people out. A regular full ortho office, you know, if, if you have a patient, they're not ready to start, you book the, the recall six months out or 12 months out, you know, retainer visit six months out. So your schedule is always booked. There's zero room for flexibility. You know, so if you go and change the days and on average ortho office is going to have 10 staff, 15 staff, you're having, you know, six to eight chairs, that's just back office, you know, and then you've got front office and it's a lot of staff. So if you go change things, it causes a big drama. So you really have zero flexibility. So it's just something to think about when you're picking specialties. It's different maybe for endo or OS or other things. And for new grads, you were kind of hinting at different ways that people can get experience with clear aligners, but what do you think is the best place for new grads to start if they want to get into implementing that? Sure. I mean, a lot of it's going to depend if you have your own office or you're associating or with a DSO. Um, I think most bigger group practices have procedures and processes for these, but my suggestion is that you learn it on your own. And that's part of the reason why I put all my educational materials for aligners um, available for free. They're all on YouTube and I have over 250 to 300 how-to videos and I just kind of record them as requests come in. People say, hey, make a video about this and then I make it. So almost every day I'm adding a new video. It's not always about aligners. It could be about braces, phase one, other types of retention, um, growth, so many, so many ortho components that are out there. 
But I mean, I, now I have, I think over 9,000 videos total. It's ridiculous. I started it really aggressively during COVID because my, obviously everyone was dialing down on their cases. So, you know, um, things got slow for me. So I was like, okay, let's just start making content, you know? So um, it's been really, really fun. And it's so cool to get to meet, you know, have people engaging and in the, um, in the questions and the comments and stuff and then meeting them in person. So yeah, it's all free. So go on and, and learn it. I honestly think that my free stuff is the best education that's out there better than any paid class. That's just my opinion. But, you know, just because the experience is there and I don't, I try to explain things as simply as possible. And for people wondering, is that under your doctor title or is it straight smile oh, solutions? Straight smile solutions. So, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Perfect. You can just look up straight smiles at straight smile solutions, YouTube, and you'll see there's like, I, don't know, I have like 19,000 followers right now, but it's, it's definitely getting bigger and bigger by the day. That's so exciting. I have a few more questions and I kind of just sure. want to get some more broad advice from you too. So obviously with Invisalign, you have to have an iTero and then there's all these competitors of products okay. and everything out there. If someone's wanting to get started, in your opinion, what tech should they purchase? Maybe what brand should they work with? Or do you think it really doesn't matter? Well, I mean, I think initially you want to work with whatever. I'm assuming most offices have a scanner at this point. Um, very few offices don't have some type of scanner. So work with what equipment you have just to get your feet wet. Don't go out and just buy something just to buy something because you might decide you don't like it. Um, but most doctors that I work with, um, they do end up eventually end up getting that iTero. And I do not agree with their policy on what they're doing. It's really uncool that you have to use. I mean, in other countries, it's not that restrictive, but it's only in the U.S. that it's that restrictive. So, um, but you get the iTero is just, oh my goodness, it's so much easier. It's the um, outcome simulator is amazing to sell it. I mean, I've never had an office. Okay, of course, my instructions when you get the iTero, assuming you get one, is to scan every single patient in your office, new, you know, recall, whatever. Um, just have it be a part of your new patient or recall patient visit at least once a year, you know, it's from age six on up for sure. Um, doesn't mean we're going to start them. We're just going to scan their bite, educate the patient about what we see. And initially I recommend, you know, work with an orthodontist. It doesn't have to be me. It can be any orthodontist or someone that knows orthodontics really well, you know, outside office hours, just to get your scripting going. You know, what do we see? What, what are the problems that we see? Let's talk about this. We see crowding, we see abstractions, we see attrition, and this can even be something a hygienist can do, um, you know, and, and, you know, our goal is to have you keep your teeth for a lifetime. We think it's going to be a lot cheaper to fix your bite, you know, and then to have to get a bunch of crowns or an all in four later, because, you know, teeth are tipping and bending over and things like that. So, you know, it's a small, tiny investment now that insurance may or may not cover part of um, to keep your teeth for a lifetime later. And for Straight Smile Solutions, you have your YouTube page where you post all those videos. What other mm -hmm. options do you offer for students or new grads? Sure. I mean, that's that's definitely all free. And um, but also definitely. Um, Let's see, we have a lot of blogs that are on my website, which is straightsmilesolutions.com. That's all free. And like I said, students can definitely reach out, ask questions. Um, I have zero problems with that, or even new grads. You know, you can say, I have this case, I'm kind of stuck on it. Sometimes, I'll, you know, I can even do freebies to help you guys out um, with the case, depending on the complexity of it. If we get stuck, I'll say, hey, you know, let's just, let's just meet and look over your case, you know. 
especially for new grads, if it's, if it's in the first 30 to 60 days of you graduating, um, I often do things for free. Um, I hate to make like a giant statement because I'm end up with a thousand people asking for help on cases, but I'm sure you're very popular, but um, you know, definitely, um, definitely glad to help out. Definitely glad to be there for you, um, to give advice. Um, just want to be that orthodontist that you feel comfortable reaching out to. And I didn't mention it at the beginning, but we are doing a giveaway. We of, are. Yeah, I didn't want to bring that up until you were ready. Yeah. So we're doing a giveaway. Of a couple of her books. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that so will I be on. Um, yeah, yeah go it's ahead. called the, um, yeah, the, the Easy Guide to Implementing. I might be saying it quite different than the title, but um, Easy Guide to Implementing Orthodontics in Your Dental Practice or something like that. And it's available on Amazon, um, both bound book um, as well as Kindle. And so I'm going to be giving away a handful of um, physical books. Um, to however you want to make your contest on your Instagram. Um, just give me their addresses later and I will send it to them. It'll come through Amazon. So once you win, it usually takes about two weeks for them to ship it. Um, but um, yeah, you'll get a little a book in the mail and it, it has a lot of tricks and tips in there that you maybe wouldn't see elsewhere. And it's, re- it's a really easy read. Yeah, thank you for doing that. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I, I have the copy from you too. So I'm going to d- do that as well. Um, awesome. And if y'all like it, please give me five stars on Amazon. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know how much reviews can make a difference. Yes. I also was just wanted to kind of get some more reflections from you on your career so far. You shared a lot of your highs and lows. Is there anything else that sticks out looking back that really just surprised you, like where life or dentistry just went different than you thought was going to happen? Everything went different than we think. We always laugh about it now. You know, it was never what anyone expected. So let's just roll with it. And remember, like this whole traditional nine to five, four to five days a week, having your own practice does not have to be the way you want to do it. There are a zillion different ways to practice. And I'd be so glad to talk to anyone if you're feeling burnt out. If you want to think about alternatives, I think I've explored them all. So, I mean, from research to teaching to um, product development with different labs and companies. And I have, I mean, one of the best things to do, if I'm assuming a lot of you guys are doing it, is to start your LinkedIn page. I mean, that's really how everything got started for me. I started in 2014 when LinkedIn pretty much launched. Um, and I have about 30,000 followers now on LinkedIn. So I'm always posting. But I've met so many amazing dentists and people just in the industry, you know, through LinkedIn and we have great chats and, and then we end up collaborating, you know, um, and it's also a great way to, you know, sometimes like companies will hire you to check their product or research their product or try their product. Maybe you'll just get a lot of free stuff or maybe you'll be compensated for doing research on it. But um, that's a nice little side hustle that you can do to make some extra money. Oh, and one more thing. Um, I don't know if you're, uh, your students have ever heard of an expert network. I definitely had never heard of this before. Do you know what an expert network is? Is that just like kind of a small group of people that share ideas and like coach each other, basically? Something no. like that? No. So um, what it is, I mean, well, in theory, yes. But um, so what it is, is there's a bunch of different, like almost like invest. They're like, what do you call it? I didn't even know this existed, but a lot of them are based in New York or San Francisco or Houston, big company. Um, big expert people, almost like headhunters. But what they'll do is um, they'll get either investors, usually investors are companies where they're looking to invest in a certain space or they're interested in startups and they, they don't know anything about a topic. So certainly dentistry is not something that these like financial people know a lot about. So they will hire dentists to explain things simply for them. Like I'll get a lot like, tell me about Invisalign. How do you use it in your practice? How do you make money? Or 
what, what do you see it doing? And what are the highs and lows, you know, or tell me about, you know, direct this direct is consumer aligner company or something. Um, and they're looking for trends. So maybe they're looking to invest in Alliance, Mal Direct Club. I don't know what they're looking to invest in, but you know, they'll just pick your brain um, about what you think and how you use it in your practice. And from there, they decide whether or not they're going to um, invest in something. Um, obviously it's not insider trading, but they pay a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like I was really surprised when I first did it, I was getting 400 an hour. And then I realized that I had friends that are getting 700, 800, 900 an hour. And I mean, of course it's prorated, so it's up to an hour, but if it goes a full hour, you get that $900. Otherwise, you know, it's prorated on that, but you set your own rate. Obviously the higher your rate is, um, the less likely you're going to get booked. So I've, I've boosted mine up now that I'm so busy. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do too, too many of these. I'll make my rate crazy high, you know? So, um, I don't have as many, but that's a nice way to make some money right out of school. Just cash. I mean, obviously it's 1099, so you're gonna have to pay taxes on it, but, um, who would have known? Right. And that's, I got all those from LinkedIn. Interesting. So people just message you on LinkedIn, trying to set up an opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, these people, I mean, I'll give you some of the names of some of the companies. Um, if you, in case you guys want to research them, but there's one called a big one called GLG Garrison Lehman group or something like that. There's one called guide point, Ridgetop, alpha sites. Oh goodness. There's so many. Um, I'm probably a member of like 10 of them now. Um, but, um, I pretty much get a message almost every day asking me something about dentistry and it's not always ortho. It could be implants or it could be, um, certain tool used for general dentistry or a vacuum pump or, I mean, everything, but, um, you can get really involved in that. And it's a nice way to supplement your income and you pick the date and time, you know, and then they just call you and you just chat and then automatically, um, get a check. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I've also heard of some general dentist doing like consulting for it's, yeah. it's kind of what you're doing. Just a kind of, yeah, this one's just over the phone, but I've done consulting with labs with companies before. Um, a lot of, you know, just open yourself up to other revenue streams and passive income. And when you mentioned you explored like teaching and everything, did you actually teach at a university or was it more like CE or it was just something you love? Oh, I've done a lot of CEs. Yeah. I teach CEs all the time, um, right and left, both destination, webinar based, everything like that. Some paid, some volunteer. But um, at one point they were thinking about starting a dental school in Hawaii when we moved back and it all got proposed and then I guess it fell apart, but um, I was supposed to be the ortho director. <laughs> so um, wow. definitely had explored that. I probably would have done it had it happened, but um, yeah. now I'm lecturing, um, starting to do lecturing for UCSF um, remotely for CEs. So that's, I'm pretty honored to be able to give back um, to that community. That would be exciting if Hawaii ever gets a dental school. I feel like every state should have one. I think like every state happens. should too. Yeah. Cause yeah. we have um, a lot of people here. So, I mean, it'd be really great if we had one. Yeah. It just seems skewed or some states have only a private dental mm -hmm. school and it just doesn't make sense to me. I feel very fortunate to go to a in-state publicly funded dental school. Definitely That's helps great, with the great. cost of tuition and everything. So before we wrap up, you've shared so much great advice and I really have loved getting to hear about your story. Do you have any just like final words of wisdom you want to leave the listeners with? Sure. I mean, um, I wish someone had told me this a little bit more, but if you do go to residency, just keep in mind, some residency programs are um, master's based where you have to do research and some are just clinical. And usually the master's based ones pay either pay or you don't have to pay for the school part and you just have to pay for your room and board and the clinical ones often have to pay. It depends on the, you know, so, I mean, it, it varies widely, at least for ortho, it's all over the place. There's some where you're going to pay $70,000 a year and there's some where you're going to get paid 
So, and there's some you're going to have to do a master's program and there's some that you're not. I hated the master's part of my program. It was about half of my three-year program. If in hindsight, I would have totally never done that if I had my choice. I just, I mean, I did a lot of research in college and I took a year off and did research and I knew how to do it in a lab. I just never liked it. So it was like, oh, I love ortho. I hate the research part. So um, yeah, I mean, if you can avoid it and if you're not into that, um, try to pick ones that that don't have it, you know, but try not to borrow money either or too much for your residency. Otherwise you're going to be like me getting kind of old and still paying off your student loans. And then you got a son in college and you got to pay for that. So that's no fun. That is great insight and something I think, especially people early in their maybe pre-dental mm-hmm. or just starting dental school, they don't really know the ins and outs of residency yet. They just know mm-hmm. I probably want to go to residency. So it's good to yeah. get information early. Yeah. And you're going to lose one whole year of salary on top of that, you know? So, I mean, you're really getting a late start on things. And thank you so much for your time again tonight. Is there a good way for people to reach out to you if they have questions? Sure. I mean, honestly, the best way to reach out to me is to go to my website, streetsmilesolutions.com. Um, it's pretty easy to find. And uh, from there, there's all kinds of places to leave messages, chats, everything like that. Um, but you can also find me. That's the fastest way. Um, my email is info at straightsmilesolutions.com. But if you go to my website, it's easy to contact me via email. Um, you can also reach out on any of my socials. I'm not, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not, I really don't like it on my phone. So <laughs> I, I installed a bunch of stuff and then I got off of it because I, I don't trust it. So I know you guys are probably all on it. My daughter's on it. So she checks out my stuff, but I don't really answer anything on TikTok, but I do answer Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn within 24 hours. So yeah just reach out to me. No problem. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to getting to know your listeners and good luck on that contest. Thank you. Take care.